Hello, my lovely ones, and welcome to Mumming with Magli, the podcast for any mum who has absolutely no idea what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magli, your host, and I can confirm I have no idea what I'm doing. Join me every week as I try and tackle this parenting business, the ups and downs, and the many trials and tribulations. Other moms will also join us and share their story. Let's open up the conversation around the hardships of motherhood and all the pressure that comes with it. Hopefully, it'll make us all feel less alone in feeling lost and completely winging it. I know I am. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hello team, mamas, papas, humans, how are you? My gosh, second week of January. I feel like I'm just about getting into the swing of life again. Today's episode, oh, so interesting and so insightful. The wonderful Chrissy is back with us again talking all things sustainability. I don't know about you, but for me, I feel like living a more sustainable lifestyle has been in the back of my mind for a while, but we're so used to living in a certain way that it can be tough to make even the smallest of changes sometimes. I think also January does add that added pressure because of the new year, new me hype and all the resolutions and stuff. But if you are a mom and wanting to try to live a little bit more sustainably or you're interested in this topic, then I really think you'll enjoy the episode. Remembering that it's not about going all in or all out, but what can we do little things to make a difference for our children's generation? Chrissy shares so many tips and tricks as well as a few harrowing stats and some amazing resources. In full transparency, on the episode, I commit to making a change that I'll admit I haven't fully made yet. However, the seed is being planted and I'm slowly getting there. Oh, actually, I have swapped her milk. But yeah, I think that's all we wanted for the episode, to plant some seeds, get us thinking about ways we can be a little bit more sustainable and environmentally friendly without the pressure of turning our lives upside down as if as if we don't already feel that already um, as mums but in the hopes that slowly we can build the foundation and make baby steps. Anyway, enjoy the episode. All of the brands we talk about I have tagged on Instagram, so if you want them, find Mumming with Magli on Instagram and you will see them there. Let's go. Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't plugged in my headphones. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Hi, Chrissy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm lovely. Thank you. Oh, it's so nice to have you back on the podcast. I know. It's so excited to be back. I am genuinely, although although I think it will be good content for like, you know, the general public, I am so interested and so excited to have this chat about sustainability because I think in general, um, it's a really, I think it's a really difficult thing to navigate. And I think it's something that a lot of us, we want to be better at, uh, but we're not sure where to start. And it's really difficult, just like anything new, it's difficult to kind of get into the habit. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping you have some tips. And also with kids, oh my gosh, convenience um, over everything, which I know can be really bad, but yeah, it's it's so hard. It's a crazy issue. And again, like you said, it can be hard. It's even harder with kids, so yeah. So um, do you think, my first question, what has sort of led you into wanting to lead a more sustainable life? What's well, such a big question, but a really good one um being ve- I, I, I want to say it's being vegan mm. I 
think it opens up a lot of like questions about your um your values and your moral kind of your moral compass, I mm-hmm. guess. It really um makes you think about your choices because as soon as you, you take a step back from one thing that you've known your whole life and you've, you know, eaten meat for and just not questioned kind of um how that kind of sits with you. And then it just opens up this door of like, what else doesn't sit right or what else in my life do I not need necessarily to do that I've always done and that kind of really like fueled my love for exploring sustainability as it is and I guess you know now it's way more um it's only been like maybe four years I guess lockdown really pushed me to reassess I think it can push everyone to kind of take a step back and go okay what what are we doing um and then yeah I think because it's such a big issue now it's been around for so long like climate change is you know when we were in school it was talked about I didn't know what it meant really like I didn't understand what climate change really like we got taught about it but we were like yeah it's not mm-hmm. gonna affect us it is it's like already massively affecting as we can see with fossil fuel the gas industry and stuff like pricing and yeah, I also think, admittedly, and this is probably, like, I'm a little bit ashamed of admitting this, but um, although I knew, like, let's face it, although, yes, it is affecting us, I don't think it's going to affect us in our privileged society. We live, you know, in a first world country. Um, I don't think it's going to directly affect us that much. I think what has made me really want to think about it is that now that I've got a little one, Isla, it's going to affect her world. Yeah, massively. Um, it's, um, I think, it, like you said, it becomes more of a realist reality of like, you know, I always think, and someone said this, I went to this um, meeting the other day and this woman was talking about her kids and she opened up this toy shop, which is all like um, sustainable um, toys, wooden toys and stuff. And she said, you know, we are buying all this stuff for our kids to make them happy right now, but we are inevitably hurting their future. Like, what what do we, what's the balance there? Like, we are, without being, like, without knowing it, making their lives worse in the long run because they've got to deal with this, you know. And, I, yeah, I think it, it's going to be way more immediate for them. They're going to have to make huge sacrifices, especially, you know, with um, weather change. Like, weather changes are huge, but also, you know, we know we can see it. There's a wild, like, it's much milder, this kind of winter. Although we had that kind of freeze and that came in because of the wind change. But normally it would have been way colder in October. And, and I remember being younger every November 5th when we went to watch the fireworks we'd be freezing Mm -hmm. um and someone said to me who studies kind of geography and stuff she said um problem is it's not we don't see it in front of us but the cold is here for a reason it like kills off germs it kills off all the rats and the flies and stuff so that we can then grow produce and you know so if that doesn't happen if we don't have that deep freeze and it doesn't last for a certain amount of time then those pests continue and you know we're going to get bigger more kind of serious viruses you know so I think we don't really because that's the balance right that's the ecosystem and we don't see it necessarily in day-to-day life we don't understand that and then when you know one thing like shifts it it causes a massive yeah it has a big impact so I think like you said we're going to be thinking about it as new parents like what we're going to leave for our kids what problems are they going to have yeah also that's so interesting little things like you would never I feel like we would consider it a good thing oh we don't have as many insects and rats but actually isn't that great? I wouldn't I wouldn't have ever thought until you said it now that it's just part of this bigger picture, the ecosystem, and that 
mother nature is the way she is for a reason like those animals insects they're here for a reason yeah that's interesting um what after so being vegan sort of was the catalyst what do you think was the next stepping stone for you um I think it was then I moved I moved to Brighton which is quite a um they're quite forward thinking in terms Mm. of well I mean there's a lot of issues everywhere but you know that's a that's a big political kind of navigation but I think I went to like I found refill refill shops and stuff and I it was a big part of like we went actually that the catalyst was we were just we decided randomly to try and go plastic free I think the biggest thing was um food so a food shop I um I just started noticing I think when that you know bananas are wrapped in plastic mm-hmm. and I hadn't really thought about it before and they took away like plastic bags I think it was around the same time and I was like you're you're asking your consumers not to bring plastic or, or not to consume plastic bags but you're you're producing all these vegetables that don't all these like fruits and vegetables that don't necessarily need plastic bags and they're just there mm-hmm. when you see it you can't unsee it all you see is plastic and so we decided for a whole year we'd go plastic free how was that and it was really hard <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. You just have to say no to a lot of things. Yeah. What was the hardest thing? It was food. Yeah. It was food. And being vegan, it's even harder. So you're limited anyway. And then you're limited again. Um, And so like, you know, if you're on the go and you want to take away. Mm. Can I, um, when you say you weren't plastic free, firstly, am I right in assuming that it was single use plastic? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and not buying plastic, basically. Yeah. Like trying to avoid, yeah, any plastic. So even like makeup and stuff, I'd avoid it. Yeah. Um, going back a little bit, and we were talking about, you know, um, it just came to me now the sort of impact um of climate change and stuff like that. I. Gosh, this is a few months ago, and maybe you know the date, maybe you don't. But I remember I was at my mum's house and we were watching the news, and I meant to Google the name of it before we came on, but I forgot. They talk, they called it like Earth Day or like the, it's not Earth Day, it's something where it was at some point we have used all of the resources we've used up all of the resources that we have for the year but this was like in September October yeah we have a limit of like natural resources that we can use that will that will sustain us I guess and then they go into over they go into like overstore yeah um, and they and I, use yeah like, and I remember watching the news and they said on the news that on that day they called it something I can't remember we had used up all of our natural resources um and it was I mean we were nowhere near the end of the year which is just it's just crazy yeah and I think there's like I think and and then for me once you start like looking into all of that you get it's so much it's so frustrating that you know we're we're consistently made to feel like we need all these things and like there's all these adverts for stuff that we like you know we're Mm -hmm. we're kind of constantly pushed into consumerism Mm -hmm. and you know it's the way the world works like we live in a you know in a world where money and like consuming and like you know that kind of makes our world go round basically yeah um I was on Instagram um I think it was yesterday and I just felt like every so-called influencer content creator honestly every time they post is to advertise something and don't get me wrong I don't want to you know put them down too much because I completely understand that that's how they make a living you know people have to make a living somehow but I just thought Mm. like these are people that young adults are idolizing 
Do you know what I mean? And they're being told to just buy and consume and here's my new dress and here's this product that you should use. And it's just, it's in front of us all the time. Um, quick question. You explained it so well in your reel. I mean, I saw it this morning, but I think you posted it last night. Um, what sustainability is, because I do feel like that there is a narrative that sustainability is actually just feel like people feel like it's just an expensive way of living. So explain for us what sustainability is. Yeah, so sustainability is to reduce the depletion of natural resources. So we don't use them. And like you said, on that day when we completely like we hit our pro like pro rata of like natural resources, it's to stop using them. So we don't take from the earth more than more than it can handle so that the ecosystems are remain intact because we need them so it's actually about like not producing more than we need Mm -hmm. um and finding ways where we can use what we already have and keep everything kind of like being reused Mm -hmm. and regenerated rather than taking from the earth that is what sustainability means by definition it's like to stop the depletion of natural resources which is like fossil fuels, for example. That's the the biggest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happened is sustainability has become a trend. Yes. And trends are expensive because they can market them. You know, they're going to brand them up and they're going to make it a trend when it, it shouldn't be. It should be a, you know, conservation of the world, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's annoying because I feel like terms like that sound a bit cringy, you know, using what Mother Nature gave us. Mm-hmm. I feel like people roll their eyes at that. And yet, yeah. I'm sorry, like we are just part of Mother Nature, you know? Like, does that make sense? And I feel like when you say to people, oh, just consume from the earth, they're like, the fuck? You know, because we're so used to just, I don't know, buying steak that's not even really steak. Like, do you know what I mean? Rather than just growing your own vegetables, which actually generations and generations before us have done their whole lives. It's an interesting thing with sustainability because I think there's a lot of greenwashing and greenwashing, if you don't know, if you're listening, is um, using and I guess saying that your product is is sustainable for the earth. So it doesn't use natural resources or, you know, is guess, recyclable or um, conscious. And I would will say H&M use a conscious range, but they all of their they're all new virgin plastics. Um, because all of our clothes are made of polyester, probably m- well, n- not much anymore, but um, about 90% of our clothes are made of polyester, which is plastic. And so that's a fossil fuel. And they kind of greenwash their product to sell it to you as a sustainable product to say that we're not harming the world and we're not taking natural you know, resources to produce this product when they are. So that's greenwashing um, mm. and it's happening way more than it should. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of being used against us, which is really annoying as consumers. Where do you think is a good place for people to start? Because admittedly, I feel like, so I'm not going to lie, I'm a big H&M fan. In, ter- in terms of like the clothing, um, I think yeah. it's affordable. Um, I think mm-hmm. the quality is pretty good. And it's, I like it. Uh, and I think there's a fine line between... It's difficult because I feel like I feel ashamed to say that I like it. But also, also, I don't think saying, okay, I'm never going to buy something from H&M is realistic for me, like at the moment. And yeah, I think sometimes 
people uh, scared to dip their toe into sustainability because I do feel like we live in an all or nothing society. Uh-huh, yeah. And so people feel like I'm either all in or all out. And unfortunately, because we're so used to being all out, people don't do anything. So what do you think is like a good stepping stone into trying to live a bit more sustainability, whether that's, you know, that could be um, anything from food to clothes to general living, recycling, but what would your one thing be? I would say the biggest thing is to understand Mm. and do your research about what it is because knowledge, I'd rather everyone understand it and go and make a clear choice to be like, I know what H&M do, but I really need this. I'm going to go and get it because I know it fits me and I know it's going to last or whatever. For me personally, it's about understanding that that's a a conscious choice. Whether it be a choice or not, it has to be conscious rather than just like trying to ignore it. Because then once you've made that choice, maybe you can, yes, you can go to H&M and I completely agree. I mean, I miss it. I'm going to say that on here, but I do. I love H&M. And um, I just can't anymore for me. I've learned too much about them as a company, but Mm. I completely get it. And and um, I and then you can maybe reduce what you buy. Mm. So then there's you're already making massive steps. Like mm-hmm. we don't always need to be, you know, like you said, all in. You can just reduce. Just go. Okay, I'm going to go to H and M when I really need something. When I really need a new jumper because mine's got holes in. It's bobbly. I can't, you know, fix it. Or you know, I really need like a new blazer that's actually going to fit me for a job or whatever go to H&M because if if you trust it and you know that that it's going to have your size and you know do what's right for you but like you said you don't have to go all the way it's the same with you know food and veganism for example I I would say to someone if they are interested just to just dip your toe start to make conscious choices because then you make that conscious choice and you're like actually I really like doing that or that felt really right to me I'm going to do a bit more a bit more and then by the end of it all, you might be completely plant-based. You mm-hmm. might 90, 10, like, you know, there's no one, one rule. It's not a religion. Like, also, I yeah. think in terms of um, shopping, just using H&M again as an example, I think it's not being like, oh, I'm going to buy this because it looks cute. And then you buy it, you try it on, it doesn't fit you. And then you leave it in your wardrobe and then you can't return it. And then you bin it. And then it's just, I agree that for me, I am at a stage at where I don't shop very much. Mm. Um, when I do, admittedly, you know, I do go to charity shops and use places like Vinted or Depop and stuff like that. But if I need something, I do feel less guilt going to places like H&M or Zara or, you know, High Street high fashion places, high fashion, um, high street, fast fashion places, sorry, because, because I I do it less than before. I think it's about progress. Yeah, it's progress. And it's, you know, it's fast fashion, like the, the word, the word in it is fashion, right? We should never buy anything because it's fashionable. And that's the problem. There's an, there's an argument about it all, but, um, that, you know, but it's affordable. And what if people can't afford it? That's not, who should be reducing using these places like you know Shein is like the biggest producer of fashion it's like rolling out billions of like pieces every year and we just don't need that much mm-hmm. we could like clothe everyone if we just stop now you know <laughs> for the next few years so it needs to be not fashion we need to stop trends and because trends mean we buy new and we buy new things that you don't need so it's it, it has to come from needing something. That's all it is. Like we, if we re- look back through history, like they would never like buy a new dress if they didn't need it. 
you know, like it's just a new idea of everyone needs this new thing and like over consuming something that you don't will wear for like a season yeah but fashion is like really fashion comes around in circles so agreed um I only recently I remember actually I was looking uh, in my wardrobe for a particular item of clothing that I used to have only to remember that actually I'd got rid of it and I was so gutted that I'd got rid of it and then but then it's it's also it's a fine line because you know we're trying to minimize what we have but then sometimes get rid of it and then I mean I'd like to confirm I didn't go buy a new one of this which obviously means though that I can live without it right right you know like what did I do don't need it no so I didn't wear it and you know what I was okay that day (laughs) (laughs) no one questioned your outfit choice (laughs) no but it's so it's so true isn't it um how has your capsule wardrobe gone tell us what a capsule wardrobe is and then tell me or us um, how it's gone are you still in it yeah tell me so a capsule wardrobe it sounds like really like futuristic but it basically just means that you reduce your wardrobe to 10 to 20 items that's that's a rough number like mm-hmm. give or take but you pull it back right back to pieces that you can mix and match with each other um so that you don't have loads and loads of stuff basically and it means that we wear and wear and wear items that we have and love them and I I actually love it because like you just said I would go to my wardrobe like even I think the other day maybe for the Christmas party and I was like oh my god what am I gonna wear and I like in my head I had this dress and I don't have it anymore I used to go to charity and so I just had to make another outfit like with pieces that I had so I layered things over the top and, and it was actually way more creative and I didn't need that dress that I thought i I did mm-hmm. um and it just makes my life really simple especially being a mum like I have mm. no time to choose so you know I have my go-to jeans my blue my black and my white jeans they're my three jeans I have a skirt I love I wear whatever the weather I just put tights under it um and you know you have your really key pieces and then you just mix and match and and, and you can soften it so you can do like a, a winter collection and a spring summer one so mm-hmm. you can put those clothes away up in in the, and then next year when I get them out I'll be like oh my god I've got all these cool new clothes yeah I one of my goals is I have slowly started to do this um mm. but I would really like in the new year um so right now because the episode will be out yeah. <laughs> we're recording this for Christmas <laughs> um <laughs> You know, when you go away on holiday, there are certain items of clothing that you don't wear before you go away on holiday because you really want them. In my head, I would like to only have clothes that I would pack in my suitcase to go away. Oh, I like that idea. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like if I'm not taking it away with me, it's not my favorite. No. And so I am hoping to, don't get me wrong, I will get the big suitcase out, (laughs) not the hand luggage. (laughs) But I would like to, for each season, pack as if I was going away for that season. That's such a good idea because you really do just take your favorite stuff on holiday. Yeah. Yeah. And there's stuff that you wear before you go away and you're like, oh, I'm going to wear my like slacks, I guess, in inverted commas that, you know, you wouldn't be seen in public in, even though they're absolutely fine. But and, you know, put them aside for a bit just in case I regret my decision and then hopefully gain the courage to to surrender them away to to another home. 
So what I've done is I haven't given them to charity yet. I gave some of them, but then some of them I just put in the attic and I was like, if I don't go to grab them, mm. then I know I don't need them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, moving on to sustainability as a mum. Because uh-huh. babies, oh my goodness, so much waste. Um, so yes. firstly, do you use wipes, disposable wipes? No. <gasps> at all? None at all. Never bought them. I, I sh- you know what, I should have, I'm going to try and figure out over the Christmas period, okay, from Christmas Day to whatever the day that a week is after Christmas Day, um, <laughs> so New Year, um, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I don't know why that was so difficult, <laughs> seven days a week, yeah, try and figure out how many packs of wipes, I'm not going to count each wipe, how many packs of wipes I use because, <gasps> so many so many and but it's just so easy okay so did you know that you were going to do that before okay so even having a baby for us was like um, a question because having a child is the this sounds awful but it's the worst thing we can do for the world um, and the earth because obviously every human on the planet takes natural resources generally through their lifetime etc so that was a big question for us wow um and some, someone told me me and Doug they were like I think you need to have a baby so that we have more eco warriors in the world <laughs> so that's that's um what Sage will be her even knowing she will be that yeah I'm joking. no <laughs> but it's I do it's true because so I feel like I was having this is a little bit off topic but I was talking about money with a friend of mine and we are both in the well similar to you in the like creative side of the world so to speak yeah. um yeah and I feel like in our sector it's really difficult to find that balance between making money but also living a mindful lifestyle and I think we feel a lot of guilt asking for money for the um what's the word for the thing that we give what the fuck is the word that I'm looking for for the um service the service service. (laughs) I, I think that there's a lot of we do struggle to ask for money for the you know somewhat mindful service that we provide and I was saying to her no we need to ask for money because actually women firstly are I can't remember the exact statistic but so much more likely to put that money back in a mindful way into the community. Yeah, yeah. So actually, although it may seem counterproductive, not counterproductive, but, you know, against like mindful living to charge high end, you know, for for the product or for the service that we provide being in in the creative sector or mindfulness, you know, fitness, well-being sector, it's actually so good for us. Don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting, you know, you overcharge but no to fucking get what we deserve um because we're so much more likely to put it back into the community in a positive way that will benefit the community that will benefit the earth yeah so what was my point i so oh yeah because you were talking about you and doug having a child i do think that you know if anyone's gonna have kids you're probably the people yeah i mean and and, you know someone said you know we're gonna need people with that mindset and how who have been raised in that way to support and continue you know the fight against climate change yeah. so um I, that for us so when we went into obviously then having a baby we were like we need to be as eager as possible because already we're going against like things that we i guess 
believe. Um, so yeah, so we planned we we planned to use reusable nappies. That was um, that was a no brainer for us. Um, it was it's a hard it's a hard thing to get your head around. You just have to research it and watch loads of YouTube videos. They're great. Do you have any resources or? like a particular brands that perhaps you've used and you know are really good and could recommend? So yeah, so basically um there's the Nappy Lady and there's the Nappy Guru and they're both they both are um sellers on the internet that sell reusable nappies. They um you can write to them and explain what you want to do um and they will give you like they were so amazing. They kind of said this is the setup of our house. We wanted to go from newborn all the way up to potty um, and they just sent loads of advice like they're like, I think it was Nappy Guru which is amazing and it's free you don't have to pay for that advice they just send you like an email with everything you need to know wow and then kind of suggest what nappies to use um and we kind of did our own research as well with it I love seedling nappies they are amazing um nappies is like a world of like it's a whole world but to really put it really simply you can go from newborn for the first few days I would suggest disposable nappies because of um the black poo um so that is really hard to get off them from newborn i would suggest you use um muslins and um waterproof covers so use disposables until that black poo's gone um, and you'll know you'll know when that happens then i would use muslins which are really cheap to buy you can buy like a pack of 18 for like it was like eight pounds or something mm-hmm. um and then you just get like waterproof covers and because they're so small and they're little babies they're really easy to just kind of change and you don't have to use um a safety pin anymore like they used to they have um these kind of um, they're called nappy nippers and they're okay. just like these nippers that oh, I've nip seen the nappy tip. Mm-hmm. they're really great they're really great and then yeah and then it's really simple because the muslin all you have to do is wash the muslin bit if they've just weed you just wash that bit you keep the waterproof cover you can just wipe it um and then they dry really quickly like muslins take like no time at all so mm-hmm. up until she was like i think maybe three or four months we used muslins and waterproof covers and even wow. when there's a poo um you just when you when you have a poo with a reusable nappy it's just because if you're listening you might not know you just flush it flush the loo hold on to the nappy and rinse it off with the loo with the flush and then you put it in a nappy bucket and okay. wait until you put it in the washing machine okay so you've done the hard work already so she poos in he or she poos in the nappy you take the nappy off yeah yeah but then the baby's on the changing so table you just wait you just roll it up oh. in the oh. I'm like, I already want to get rid of that poo. (laughs) Yeah, okay, put it to one side, change the baby, and then then sort the nappy. (laughs) And then just put it over the toilet and just wipe it off, and that's it. Yeah, so I would suggest if you're listening and you want to go down this route, is get a um, a toilet brush that is silicone. I know it's plastic, but you're going to use it forever and you can wash it. Well, and Um, again, like we were saying before, there's like, there's fine lines for the bigger picture this silicone um toilet brush is saving you much more in the other yeah 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 Yeah, and also you know those toilet brushes with bristles we all know that we get rid of them eventually because they have poo in you know you can't get that out whereas Mm -hmm. this it's a flat head flat head brush 
it's silicone that you can wash really easy. So you just scrape the poo out and then you put it in the nappy bucket. And then once the nappy bucket's full, take the nappy bucket to the washing machine, throw the nappies in, um, put them on a rinse, and then you put them on a wash at 30 degrees. And voila. Two questions at the risk of sounding really stupid. This silicone brush that you have for the toilet, do you use that for your toilet brush as a toilet brush as well? Not the same one, obviously, not the same one, but... Do you have your yeah. toilet brush? Is it a silicone brush as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And it's a flathead? I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, yeah they're really good. I'm going to Google. Yeah. I have a bristle one and it's so disgusting. <laughs> and I love, play, I love plays with it sometimes and I'm like, no! <laughs> um, so then I end up changing it quite often because you can't really wash it well you can but I don't know interesting okay lovely I'm gonna be googling that after (laughs) and then what do you do when you're out so with reusable nappies yeah you like fold them up like you would a disposable and then you just put them in a nappy bag which is waterproof and watertight okay and then you just put that back in um your changing bag we actually have a um amazing change of bag and you have a back pocket and it's all like completely sealed up and it's um waterproof ah. so there's like a back zip pocket and we just shove the nappies in there and wait until we get home well you send me a photo and a link to that so that when this goes out i can like you know show people because i think sometimes we know but we may know the um, like the statistics even but we just don't know like the tangible and practical things to do um yeah so yeah send me that and then so when you're out what do you wipe her with a muslin um can do sometimes I do if I run out but normally cheeky wipes is that what's cheeky wipes so cheeky wipes is a brand um so you can just I mean literally you could probably use anything so uh, with them wipes the whole thing is that with cheeky wipes they give you like they've got this set which is like a box you keep um wet wipes in that you've pre-wet and they have like um, essential oils and stuff. And then there's another box, which is for your dirty wipes. Obviously, you're not going to take that out with you. And we just weren't using them quick enough. Um, mm. So we just decided to disregard that. Now, all I do is I grab wipes, dry wipes, and just put them under a tap mm. of running water and then wipe it up. That is it. And she has never had nappy rash. Interesting. Ever. It's funny because actually thinking about it, water wipes are so expensive, but it is what's best for a baby and yet we're buying water wipes when we could literally just use a wipe and put water on it (laughs) like when you think of it like that it's like it sounds so stupid what we're doing do you know what I mean it makes sense but I think you know when you're when you're you just do what other people around you do kind of thing yeah Yeah. and so we just take a ward of these cheeky wipes that, that have been washed chuck them in the bag and then when we need one we just take it with us we take obviously take the whole bag to a changing room or whatever and if I'm not in a changing room and you know when she was younger much younger we used to change it on the go like in her pram sometimes yeah. I just use my water bottle and just put some water on it mm, yeah so yeah so really like honestly it's the easiest change you could make is not to buy wipes it's the one thing I'd say like I get nappies, they take ages to dry. The, the initial cost is quite expensive and I understand that. Um, although there are a lot of, do check your councils because um, your local council might be doing like um, a scheme to help you buy nappies. Reusable nappies, they give you money to yeah. start, basically. Um, but yeah, wipes are like the easiest one to just change over. I might try. Maybe, yeah. maybe that can be my, oh, I'm like, I feel like I need to whisper this in case I don't actually do it. <laughs> But maybe this might be my <laughs> <his> resolution. 
goodness. Okay, wipes. Do you know? So your nappies go from, well, I know you said you were using muslins the first few, you know, weeks and stuff. But now you, the nappies that you purchase, they will last you for how long? Um, as long as we need. Wow. And, and what, if we had another baby, they'd last them as well. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Whereas fucking idiots like me again. <laughs> getting more and more nappies out every day do you know so what was the initial investment so initial investment as in price how much we spent yeah um I want to say it was like 200 pounds mm, yeah I think that's probably what puts people off but guarantee you we will spend that uh-huh yeah yeah I think I think in the end you save overall yeah I bet definitely. yeah that's definitely Especially if you have more children. Oh, yeah. Every child that you get, obviously, you invest, you get your nappies, obviously, save you so much money. And also your child goes, um, uses less nappies as they get older, obviously. So the best time to do reusable nappies is in the first, like, six months of their life. Mm. Because they use the most. You go through so many. You know, when they're newborn, I think it's like 12 a day or something. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So that's when I would suggest trying to see if you can do the muslins because they are. And then, and I know people say this is gross, but it's really not. Like we all do it, but we use the muslins now as muslins. Like they have another purpose. Like we hot wash them on 60 and, you know, they're just as good as, they've got no stains on them, nothing. The sun will bleach out any stains. If you put anything out in the sun, the sun's amazing. If you need to white sheet white again, just pop it out in the sun. Well, yeah. And also I think um, like Isla's, Isla's peed in her bed and I've used the same bed sheet. I've obviously washed yeah. it and then put it back on the bed. And I wouldn't really think twice about that when you think about it yeah so now we've got like you know we didn't have to buy any more muslins we just used the ones we had um you could even cut them up and use them as as wipes because the ones we've got are bamboo actually and they're amazing like really soft especially when you put water on them so yeah if you have muslins at home you're like oh i might try and do the dry wipes thing maybe cut up some muslins so you don't have to invest in cheeky wipes um you know what i am going to and actually you talking about muslins and using the muslins like that i'm gonna do that because only recently i feel like isla so isla's now not quite 18 months but almost um like 15 maybe 16 i don't know somewhere along there those lines um i don't use the muslins with her ever oh, okay but like what do you use the muslins for her uh, like nose and her face oh fuck i use wet wipes mm. so i just wet them and i just wash her face or wash her hands of or... course yeah but yeah. i use wet wipes because the pack's on the table so i just shoot out a wet wipe yeah. wipe her How nose funny. such a habit isn't it such a habit i wouldn't have even thought yes the muslins we spent so much money on muslins. They're amazing. I freaking love them. I mean, I use them for myself. You know, I will once, you know, if we decide to, I don't think we will, but you never know if we decide to have another kid. But if not, I'm going to cut them up and use them as handkerchiefs. Yeah. Because when I was like, had a cold, it was amazing. Like, you so much tissue and yeah <gasps> amazing I know it sounds so stupid but my mind is blown that I can use my muslins they're just in a drawer taking up space and I've I've been thinking to myself like what am I going to do with these and I haven't thrown them away because George and I are pretty sure that we'll have another kid at some point so obviously like you know I'm going to keep them to use them yeah, yeah. <gasps> okay we just have them in like a basket in each room and that's that's what we have <laughs> I'm like mortified to admit now that that's what we have with wet wipes we just have a pack of wipes in each room i hadn't even thought about that actually what people use like for me it's just like of course we all use muslins right oh like, my yeah, gosh yeah. uh so we we're talking about clothes what do you do for stage we've been wonderfully lucky and 
been given a lot of clothes from like our nieces and nephews mm. and then if anything needs if we need anything specific I always look on um, pre-loved websites like Octopus Club it's amazing um, there is Bundle Baby which it's either Baby Bundle or Bundle Baby I always get it the wrong way around mm. um, they do bundles of clothes so if you're looking for a certain size and you need like a whole ward of like vests or baby grows then you can get a bundle so that's really good um, it's all pre-loved um, sold by individual sellers obviously Vinted is amazing mm-hmm. like you said earlier um, and then just kind of go to charity shops I've not have I ever bought anything from a shop oh my god you have to think about that well done yeah the only thing I did buy actually the other day was um, Christmas pyjamas oh yeah from Sainsbury's yeah I'm a I love FNF Tesco's clothing oh my gosh I struggle so much when I go into Tesco's I'm like I'm awful I know I'm sorry Chrissy I'm sorry but I just can't resist buying her a little cute outfit I can't I will say though and at the risk of sounding like I'm using this as an excuse I live in a very small town yeah yeah there's two charity shops you know and I do think if you are in places like Brighton London or even oh my gosh have you ever been to Bath oh my god it's amazing oh (sighs) Bath is so good for charity shop shopping yeah it's so good oh like there's such good quality stuff did you did you and Doug get Sage a Christmas present yeah so we went to a place if you are in Brighton and you're listening um there's a place called Pookie's it's a um, pre-loved toy and, like, baby clothing shop. So we just went in there and kind of got loads of, like, wooden toys for her. But not, we aren't, we're trying to not go overboard because, you know, she'll probably like the paper more than the toy. Um, so, yeah, so just trying to be really conscious of, like, because she's going to get presents from other people, so. So that was going to be my um, next question. Do you tell other people to buy secondhand stuff for her as well? Yeah, and also, like, I don't want them to spend loads of money. So I'm like, you know, we just buy from secondhand places like charity shops are fine plastic is great if it's secondhand because you've given it a new life like there's no nothing against plastic toys like they have a purpose as long as they're you know toxic free and they should be there's regulations that stop that happening and um, because obviously plastic toys sometimes contain toxins if they're like chewed and stuff it can release them and um, there is a regulation on it that some toys slip through the net um, so we just have to be like careful and just read packaging and buy from like trusted shops Sorry, when you say read packaging, what should we be looking out for? Because I have no so idea. C-E, C-E. Okay. should have a stamp on it, okay. um, which means it's been regulated. Okay. But the problem is, obviously in this day and age, people have um, copyrighted that stamp. Not, not copyrighted, copied the stamp. Yeah. So yeah, it should say C-E and... Um, just buy it from like you know trusted places or if it's a charity shop like you would know you kind of would know it's when you buy off um you know places that you don't if you spend enough money on something it's going to be like regulated yeah Um, I think that's that's why though finding the balance between I do feel like unfortunately sustainable stuff does feel like you were saying at the beginning because it's now trendy so to speak they've marked up the price and I think a lot of people are like I I can't afford it and I do understand that point of view it's really difficult to find a balance but again as I'm saying this I'm reminding myself oh but Magli it doesn't have to be all or nothing get them they can have one expensive and read that they get something that they're going to 
use for a long time and that's maybe a little bit more pricey than you know your non-certified plastic toy and then yeah. you can still I don't know buy a you know t-shirt from Tesco's like do you know what I mean it doesn't uh, yeah, yeah there's a balance like again it's a balance like you know I love all like the Grimm's toys like all the um wooden toys but you know a Grimm's rainbow um it's like 70 pounds or something <gasps> the reason they are expensive is because they are Montessori kind of like no end to play like the idea is to use your imagination yeah. and like use them as multiple things so yeah it's quite good for that reason but again like you said it's like a purchase but maybe that's like you know something you can ask uh, you know a family member to yeah, invest yeah, in yeah. and also that lots of that stuff it stays intact and people then sell it on yeah. because it's wooden and it's long lasting um <laughs> at the risk of outing you <laughs> Pommy really hopes that I get to out you <laughs> but Pommy knows that you're gonna answer no and I'm really scared have you used Amazon Prime this year yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> thank god you're human <laughs> yeah no um one year actually we completely went against amazon but there's a lot of really great sellers on there that are amazing and they obviously need to run a business and i mean i have a friend that has an eco shop on there and it's amazing and platforms great for them to use plug them what's the platform eco kiwi eco kiwi they're amazing okay lovely they sell cedar wood like blocks that stop moths they're amazing interesting interesting um one thing that i am proud i never was a huge huge asos person but yeah i'm a no no on um asos boohoo things like that yeah um i really who's there boohoo like in the top top four of like greenwashing boohoo's up there and you've got h&m you've got Shein. um damn you h&m <laughs> i you hate know, you like, but i love zara no <laughs> to be fair though um i don't shop at zara very often because um it's not cheap no i guess the thing is as well you've got to look at it like um the business model they're not paying their workers enough that's the massive issue mm. you know um, and we can't be sustainable or you know care if we don't care um, pay fair living wages because mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense like realistically it doesn't make sense um, so, i completely agree um, it's all part of i mean without getting too deep into it it's all part of a global feminism issue as well and just yeah it's um it's sometimes admittedly sometimes i think that i turn a little bit of a blind eye because i do think that once you start to delve into it where does it stop I mean, that's, that's it. And, and, you know, there is no line, like we were saying, you don't have to be all in, like sometimes, you know, I'm out. And for example, this is an example, like disposable nappies, we, if we are really stuck, we'll, we have backups, mm -hmm. because sometimes we run out of reusables that like we take as much as we need and then she's done like more poos than we yeah, yeah. Or, or more weeds we have them as backups we just try and find the best company and we like pura i don't know if you've heard of pura there i a, haven't i think it's um they're made of plants like the nappies mostly they're an amazing company they also do wipes i think yeah admittedly uh, we're an aldi nappy and wipe family cheap and cheerful mm. and i have found them to really hold her wee in overnight yeah do you find that overnight it's still like the reusable nappies are fine um we up until a certain point like they were absolutely fine and then we started getting leaks so we have to just 
that you get nighttime nappies, but okay. we, we just don't want to invest. So you just boost, like you boost, you boost. Um, and then sometimes we do use disposables again if we've run out yeah. or we haven't, like, haven't dried properly. Yeah. Or, what, do, what do you mean you by know, boost? Especially in winter. So you basically you put in like extra layers of like, they look like pads. Like oh, pads. okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you layer them up to catch obviously all the weeds. That's another thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, you're also a moon cup gal. I am a moon cup gal. Yeah. This is another thing, actually, postpartum, there's a lot of wastage. Mm. I mean, it's it's so hard to think about as a new mum. You're like, you're just getting through the day of like, you know, your nipples are leaking. Yeah. You're leaking everywhere. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Um, so I started actually someone someone gave me the disposable pads you know the big ones mm-hmm. that you get and so I went I actually used them because they were like she just gave me the pack that she hadn't used or whatever she bought them so I used hers and then I was like oh this is really like it's a lot of waste and so I invested in um, Wooker pants that's W-U-K-A. Oh, yes. I think them. I've heard of them. They're like knickers, but they absorb leaking or like period or whatever it may be. Exactly. And um, I got the heaviest absorbency from them and I used them and they were amazing because I was uncomfortable with the pads. I felt mm-hmm. like I was get it was the summer as well and I was really sweating it wasn't like healing mm-hmm. you know it just you know it's tender down there so I was yeah. like I just really want something that's like breathable mm-hmm. so I invested in some of those and they're amazing do you um, still use them now when you're on your period yeah. yeah when I'm when I'm first well I use my moon cup mm-hmm. a lot um but yes sometimes I'll switch out and use it's just so much easier yeah, yeah, yeah. So much more comfortable. Yeah. Okay, I have just a couple more questions. You are vegan. You are bringing Sage up to be vegan. Do you have any helpful resources? Because I would agree that veganism is part of, you know, the sustainability bracket. Do you have any helpful resources for people who might be interested in being more plant-based, but they have kids? And obviously, we are sort of fed this narrative that we need meat as protein, etc., etc. The floor is yours. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a big topic. Um, so with Sage Be Vegan, obviously, that comes with a lot of like questions around what she eats. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really lucky that she goes to the nursery now and they're amazing at like giving her amazing meals that I would never be able to, to cook in the day. Mm-hmm. I just, you know. So there's an app called Baby Led Weaning. Um, if you're gonna do the baby led weaning, but when they start kind of like eating you just cook like one veg a day and just grab it and kind of gnaw on it yeah but on there is actually vegan ideas for like lunches dinners um and breakfasts oh my gosh and just select the vegan thing i'm gonna um all of it on there i am i'm gonna write this down because this is baby led weaning and it's an app app this down because I think during my pregnancy I was mainly plant-based with a bit of fish and then during my pregnancy I craved fish so much which I know me and you spoke about before and I've not been able to let it go and I'm not yet at the stage where I think I have the knowledge or I I think I don't I I feel like I feel a bit overwhelmed by it even though I think that like no matter what I give her she's gonna be fine do you know what I mean she's gonna live um but I think I have this sort 
sort of demon on my shoulder being like, if she doesn't have one thing that's considered protein, i.e. fish in my case, because we don't eat meat, then she's going to like not be okay. But I would like to start cutting back on fish. Yes. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to have a look at that. That's such a great, um, a great tip. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a big issue is like, oh, where where are they going to, and it's always protein or calcium because they're the ones that are pushed on us through marketing. No, if you don't drink full fat cow's milk, where are you going to get your calcium? And it's actually like a really, you know, in cow's milk, there's like minimal calcium and, um, but there's a lot of hormones that they don't talk about. And, you know, we're giving that to our children that they don't necessarily eat, right? Yeah, yeah, no. And um, all of a sudden, like, I'm like hiding myself because you're so right. You're so right. We don't do the research and I haven't done the research. And it's funny because I actually consider myself as someone that is quite aware of these things. And I think that's the problem. I do think sometimes people are scared to know because then they're going to have to change. Uh-huh. That's the biggest issue is like, if I know something, if I really know it, then I have to do something about it. Yeah. And, you know, if we, if we continue to do that, we're just going to plummet into chaos, you know. So we, we really have to like, we have to do it. We just have to bite the bullet and go, me looking into this is going to change something, you know. And I do it all the time. Like, I'm, I'm going to be looking into like our trash and recycling and it's going to have to change the way I think about it. Mm. But if someone don't do it, then nothing's going to change. We're going to continue in this like, it's kind of like like that you know ignorance is bliss well mm-hmm. you know if I don't know about something then it can affect me mm-hmm. so yeah so with, with like calcium and stuff it's like it's propaganda it's yeah. like you can only get calcium from cow's milk you can only get protein from animal meat when that is not the case like there's lots of calcium in lots of vegetables there's lots of you know protein in vegetables and we have this chart in our um, kitchen which I'll take a picture of as well and I would it tells love you like where all your vitamins are and it's just so good like and I always think back to my childhood because I didn't eat vegetables at all yeah at all I was one of those children that just refused and I ate mainly carbs like mainly potato and I didn't really eat much meat I basically just didn't eat much Mm -hmm. you know what I think I'm okay yeah so you know when when Sage is not eating vegetables um because some days she likes something some days she throws Mm -hmm. on the floor yeah amen um I try not to stress about it. Um, sorry, I'm gobsmacked at you saying, and you're so right, but it's like, I realize we've half moved on, but I'm still thinking about it. The hormones in milk, because <laughs> I give Isla full fat milk and I hadn't thought about it. And it's funny because one of my reasons for not breastfeeding, um, I was very much from the get go, I in, you know, I, I was pro bottle. And that's what we did. I did breastfeed for a little bit because of colostrum and stuff like that. And I took to it, to be fair, more than I thought I would. But then for many reasons, which we won't go into now, uh, we decided to just switch completely to bottle. And actually, I was very happy with that decision because I had had prenatal depression and I was um, cautious about postpartum depression, which I did end up having and fine. But then in my head, I was very aware that all of those stress hormones, cortisol, for example, if I'm, you know, in a depressed state, I'm transferring that to her, quite literally, if I'm breastfeeding. And so that was one of my reasons for not being, you know, that fussed about breastfeeding. But then why, so why, 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 why am I giving her cow hormone? <laughs> oh, no, Chrissy, I'm gonna have to change. This is a problem. This is the problem. We don't like change. And then you shine a light. And then it starts to uh, it starts to make you assess your morals and values. 
and it's just like it's so evident because there was this whole thing on ITV the other day where they were talking about all plant-based milks and all these alternatives right and then um the whole thing was just being negative like weirdly it was like this whole these are all your alternatives to like plant-based milks and like all these different brands and then for everyone there was like a downside to it like for almond milk they were like but you know all these almonds are grown in like california which is uh, in severe drought and blah 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 which is completely false because that specific company gets that all that almonds from europe mm-hmm. and that's where they thrive so you can just see it's so obvious when you really look at something and go you're doing this because i believe a dairy the dairy industry have gone let's shine a light on these milks but let's do it in a negative way then they were like oh but make sure you're still getting your calcium because you don't get calcium from these milks when actually that's completely false because if it's fortified you do you get all your vitamins you get some calcium from it so it's it's just like really interesting when you look at what 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 the media does and if you if you look at it just on that scale, and then you go, but what else do they do without us knowing? Don't even like, get me started. If they can do that on ITV, what can they do? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's hard. And with, you know, raising children as plant-based, there's not enough options out there when you go to a restaurant for kids. There no. really isn't. No. Oh, my God, it's so hard. No, so hard. No, it's all like margarita pizza but again cheese um even as a vegetarian i often Uh don't think that there's enough enough options she often ends up eating chips yes yeah chips or like broccoli just like steam yeah i've literally asked that before do you have broccoli can you can you literally just boil a bit of broccoli for the age between one and two when they're not eating full meals and so when you go to a restaurant they have like the kids menu and it's like chicken nuggets and chips and it's like or like like you said pizza but what about like if they're just eating like plain finger foods Mm -hmm. and and especially then vegetarian and vegan it's Mm -hmm. just yeah you end up just buying side what would be before we finish what would be your sort of i guess like any last words of encouragement or last tip or yeah anything that you want to leave us with chrissy i would say that the biggest industry is food Mm. because there's so much waste the meat industry is like it's just the biggest thing as an individual on an individual level Mm -hmm. because we cannot change what energy we use right Mm -hmm. now because that's that's the system Mm -hmm. on an individual scale it's food Mm -hmm. and what we buy food wise and it's about making individual change what you can control Mm -hmm. like we can't go i'm not going to use gas anymore because then we'd be freezing and there's not another option right now Mm -hmm. but we can choose to have a plant-based life or do one two meals a week that's plant-based we can choose not to over consume fast fashion and not do a fashion trend thing follow that so on an individual scale think about what can you do right now what is doable Mm. and sustainable as in can you can sustain for the rest of your life as an individual that's it right it's so true actually I hadn't really married the two that sustainability is finding a way to live long term yeah in a positive way I've absolutely butchered what I'm trying to say but do you know what I mean is it's Mm. like actually I hadn't really thought of it that way that sustainability isn't just about consuming less 
it's about, you know, might it be better instead of consuming only, you know, 50% of what we used to, might it not be better to consume 80% of what we used to, but much longer term? Uh-huh. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That is, that's the be one end isn't it? Like, you know, if we all, if everyone on an individual scale reduced it from 100% shopping habits or 100% eating meat to 80, then across the whole nation, the whole global, you know, human race, we could significantly reduce the number. Mm. Your 20%, my 20%, their 20%, their you know, it all adds up on a on a massive scale. So yes, it feels like so insignificant as an individual. You don't see an impact. Me being plant based, do I see an impact on the, all these animals dying? I don't. But if we all did it, then we we all see it. We will all see that change. It's not a lie when we say we need to reduce our 1.5 degree just to finish here, and, I, and it's quite a big thing, but. To reduce our, I guess, carbon levels to 1.5 degree is not going to change. It's not going to reverse any change in our climate change. It's just going to stop it getting even worse. Yeah. We've already tipped the scale. We just need to stop the stop the extreme change that we're going to see. Mm. So by 2030, I think it's 1.5 degrees that we have to like hit as a marker because wow. as humans, we kind of need like a gauge. We need something to give us like a level. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, that's not to stop climate change. Climate change is here. So whatever you can do as an individual, whether that is, I'm going to change to, to reusable wipes, I'm going to do one thing, you know, veganuary is coming, maybe try and do two like days a week where you're completely plant-based, whatever you can do as an individual, I think. You gave us baby led, the baby led weaning app for kids. Do you have any useful Good. things for adults? Um, Deliciously Ella. Oh, yes. Yes. She, I always um, forget about her, actually. She runs an amazing Instagram page where they do, like, there's loads of recipes on there you can just kind of recreate. They're really simple. I also, if you have the spare cash and you want to invest, you know Gusto? Mm-hmm. They're um, a delivery box that you get, like, meals sent to you and you can make them do like one month of that and I think they do a really amazing deal for like a month meals and then save the recipe cards and just recreate those clever your own vegan cookbook so well done yeah okay thank you so much for coming to chat um okay I am guys Chrissy team everyone I'm gonna do the wipes I think that's gonna be my one thing I'm going to try use up all my muslins because I have them and I was literally thinking about them. I'm going to try and get rid of wipes. That's going to be my one. Just leave them dry. Don't wet them. And then when you need them, just put a bit of water on them and you're, you're good to go. Okay. So like if I notice Isla's done a poo, I would just pick her up, get my muslin, go wet it and then put her on the changing mat. Exactly. Yeah, exactly that. So if I know that Sage has done a wee or poo and I, I don't know, sometimes she sparks yeah. and she yeah, smells. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Um, I grab three wipes, I have like a little like um, basket of them, and then I wet them under the tap. I try and make it a bit warmer, yeah. especially now at the moment it's yeah, quite yeah. cold. Take them to the changing mat and then do the thing. And then I will wrap those wipes in the nappy until I can have got a moment to like sort the nappy out. Okay. And you've got just like a nappy bin. Yeah, it's like a literally like a plastic tub with a lid. So you could just go and get a, a small bin with a lid okay, and just throw all your wipes in there until you need to wash them and just chuck them in the wash. How many nappies do you have in total? I, I think we've got about 18. 18. How many times do you do a wash? Maybe twice a week. Maybe. Okay. Not too bad, to be fair. Not too bad. Okay. And we put all the muslins, all the wipes, all the nappies, 
everything in the same wash. At 30 degrees, that's that enough. Stuff. 30 and sometimes 60 if you want to do a deep wash. Like if you're like, oh, then lapis is starting to really smell because you can get that ammonia smell. Oh, yes. Then you just put them on a 60. Okay. <laughs> I'm so nervous. But one thing, one thing, really quickly. Yeah. Don't put them on an eco wash. Okay. And rinse. So there's like on some new washing machines, there's like a eco rinse and wash. Mm-hmm. What that means is it, it uses the same water. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, that's the eco side of it. Um, and obviously the temperature will be lower, it'll be set, I think. So you need to actually do a separate rinse and then a wash because otherwise you'll get gooey water. Oh, yes. Okay, so rinse first and then a normal wash. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but for wipes, I would just I just throw them in a wash. They don't take much. I feel really nervous that I'm like in my head going to try and do this, but no, I'm, I'm going to try. Don't too much pressure on it. Just use them occasionally and you'll get used to it. You're right. You're right. I am. I am part of those people that's like an all or nothing person. And so in my head, I'm like, right, from January, never another wet wipe. But no, just, we'll start slow. Do a few. If you go to pick up the wet wipes, go, maybe I'll just try the muslin. And then you can start to see how you get on, you get used to it, and you're like, this is really easy, I'll take them out with me, just chuck them in the bag, you know? And then have, like, a little, like, um, waterproof, like, drawstring bag, Mm -hmm. or just have, like, a plastic... If you've got a plastic bag at home in the drawer, they're amazing. Just chuck them all in there. Oh, yeah. Like a... Or, like, a Ziploc bag? Yeah. A Ziploc bag's perfect. Oh, yeah. What a dream. Um, Maybe you said this already, but I've already forgotten. What do you do if you're out? Do you wet them in advance? No, no, no. Just have... um, Either when you go into a toilet where the baby changing, wet them then, like you would at home. Okay, amazing. Um, okay, I'm going to love you, leave you. I'm sending you lots of love. Thanks again for coming on, Chrissy, and for all your mm. tips and stuff. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.